Hey, welcome to episode 73 of the Hockey Free For All podcast. I am your host, Steven Stiles. And in the last episode, we were talking about injuries, and I was hoping to not continue that conversation, but it seems like injuries are the topic of this season early on. And of all the Canadians' injuries, none are of a greater effect than Kirby Doc's injury. And the reason I say that is not only does it wipe out the entire season and a very important season in the development of Kirby Doc and for his career it literally affects the top nine of the team and also calls into question is even though he's six foot four 212 217 pounds is he one of those players that even with that frame is going to be really really fragile and cannot hold up to the physicality of the nhl and if that's the case that's going to be really unfortunate let's hope that this is the last injury of significance in his career he comes back even stronger and that there are no other injuries other than very minor bumps and bruises from this point forward montreal has been looking for a six foot four 200 pound plus center for at least five decades now but unfortunately not only is it affecting doc's development it's also also clearly affecting the combination of Yurav Slavkovsky and Alex Newhook and Yurav Slavkovsky's development as well. Yurav Slavkovsky from the moment that Kirby Doc went down has been a different player. He was really looking to put it together, really started to show some chemistry, really started playing with some consistency, and although his defensive game, his play down low and everything have continued well, his offensive side of his game has virtually disappeared. Same can be said though for Alex Newhook. Alex Newhook I think was a great acquisition but it's clear that Alex Newhook is a much better right winger than he is a center. His productivity since moving to center has vaporized literally and that's really really unfortunate because I think he could have had a really good year that way. So unfortunately not only does it affect Doc but I think it affects the entire second line that could have been very successful and mesh very well with with Suzuki's line as well. Regarding other team injuries, the injury to Caden Gooley fortunately looks very, very minor. He could be back and playing for the Canadians as early as this Saturday night against the Winnipeg Jets. Unfortunately, the same will not be said for David Savard, who just had an incredible game on a miraculous play. But unfortunately, I think the upper body injury that he's now suffered will take him out until at least January 1st, 2024. And that completely sucks for him. However, if you're one of those people that always look for the silver lining, it does open up an opportunity for Justin Baron to showcase his abilities and to show the team what he really has and what he can really bring. I think this is a huge moment in his career and quite honestly for Justin Baron could be a defining moment as to whether he becomes a major part or a core piece of the team or he becomes a major part and a primary piece of a trade that will return more high draft picks in compensation to the Canadians. I think that's the only two options for Justin Barron that way. Regarding a third line, which really should be called either the medical line, the mash unit, the recovery line, Brendan Gallagher, Sean Monahan, and Tanner Pearson seem to be the perfect customized third line to play together. They all have had horrific injuries, long recoveries in their career. There seems to be solid chemistry amongst the three players. They seem to play very well as if they've already played together. So it's nice to see those players who have suffered through such ridiculous injuries start to do 
really well. And also, it can only help enhance the trade value of Sean Monahan and Tanner Pearson as to what Montreal may be able to get in return at the 2024 trade deadline, or maybe even sooner. Because Sean Monahan and Tanner Pearson undoubtedly will be the kind of players for the teams that are not only contenders, but want to go deep into the playoffs, have deep depth on their team, have scoring from every position, have versatile players. These are certainly two players that could meet all of those needs. Moving on to a different type of a topic, I think it's safe to say right now that the new contract that the Ottawa Senators and Shane Pinto's agent has been trying to negotiate and come to an agreement upon might just now be classified as the least of their concerns as the NHL has suspended Shane Pinto for 41 games for a very interesting reason. I think this is one of those terms that talk about sugarcoating or trying to light up what's occurred for sports wagering activities. Is that the new euphemism or a term for gambling? That's just a very interesting way to state that sports wager activities. What does that specifically mean and what is that actually referring to? Is that a way of just downplaying it to minimize it? Unfortunately, it at least on my part, piques my interest and I'm sure there's some other fans that's like, can we have a little bit more description, a little bit more detail? What does that actually mean? Because a 41 game suspension is not something that's very commonly handed out. Number one, there's been very violent plays, fights, unsportsmanlike issues that probably could have warranted things like that. So what did he exactly do to get suspended for half a season on that? And leaving that alone until we find out more details, which hopefully will be coming from some source, either within the league or media source, let's move on to the concern for cities such as Winnipeg, Calgary, Buffalo, San Jose, and Washington. Washington regarding attendance. The attendances have just been dropping to very low numbers for those teams. And what's surprising about those is, of course, two of those teams being Canadian cities. Nobody has a greater appreciation or love for the game than Canada does. That's surprising in itself. Not so much surprising in San Jose. I think everybody expected them to be the worst team or at least amongst the top three worst teams this season. Buffalo's a little surprising because there should be a high level of entertainment, excitement, growth, lots of things coming together. They've been involved in their rebuild process for longer than Montreal has. They should be further along. They had a great goaltending prospect this year that should shore up the goaltending issues in Devin Levi, everybody was excited about. Washington is an interesting scenario because they have just come out of the gate flat. Like they have just not realized the season is actually underway. And all Although a lot of people want to focus on Alexander Ovechkin. It's like, oh my God, has he completely lost his offensive touch? No, he hasn't. He'll be fine. Alexander Ovechkin is the prototypical definition of consistency. He'll be fine. But the attendance, though, has to be a bigger issue. And one has to wonder if the fans aren't kind of like, well, we know we're not going to win the cup with this team. So do we really want to spend our money? So either Washington has to load up and give its fan base the belief that they're really going for it one more time one for all all for one kind of like what they're doing in Pittsburgh or they got to burn it to the ground and 
start the rebuild because the fans there seems to be a general lack of interest but the nhl has to be very very careful with this and not get too impressed with their perceived worth of the league and how great the game is and believe me there's no other game greater than this to me that being said though ticket prices concessions parking and other associated costs have gone sky high and the term discretionary income has evaporated and not only in sports but other venues are getting hit hard by people that just don't have the extra finances to be able to pay those prices and it's not only in all those areas it's in apparel all kinds of different issues people are kind of slamming on the brakes going hey you know what this is getting a little ridiculous in cost and if i'm going to be paying this kind of cost you're going to guarantee me a better product and just to wrap up episode 73 on a interesting but yet different topic I would say Connor Bedard might need to have an additional conversation with Connor McDavid. He doesn't even seem to be remotely concerned about what fans think of him and I have no insights here but apparently he's already reached his max regarding interviews signing jerseys signing autographs it's kind of early in his rookie season to already be at that point I mean I can believe me I totally understand how that could be really really annoying to just be besieged upon all the time but there was a kid in a Chicago game at home that wanted him to sign a jersey and he just kind of blew him off. I mean, there would have been, I think, other ways of dealing with that. I get it. He's probably overwhelmed just by the relentless stalking and hounding of ridiculous amounts by media and people from the very second he was drafted. But I think he might need another conversation with Connor David on how he can make his life under the microscope his own and not be in the public eye all the time, which Connor McDavid has done a phenomenal job at keeping his life private, the game separate from his life, and has been able to maintain a really good, as they like to say these days, work-life balance. I think he might need to speak to somebody like either that, Taylor Hall on his own team, who was also a first-round pick overall, because he might be losing his patience very, very quickly that way. Anyways, that does it for episode 73 of the Hockey Free For All podcast. I'm your host, Steven Stein. Thanks again for tuning in.